Hi and welcome to the Near Post. I am Nick and with me in the studio today I've got two newbies again this week. Uh, firstly we've got Ben uh, who also does the Far Post on 2XXFM here. How's it going? Uh, pretty good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, good, good. Yeah, uh, and then we've got Clive who's a pr- pretty experienced man, uh, coached a few uh, and teams in his time. Uh, how are you going? I'm good, thanks Nick. Okay, so we've got a lot of, lots of, lot of news to get through today. The usual A-League results, the W-League, uh, maybe... If we can, we ha- we'll uh, talk about some of the Aussies work- working overseas at the moment. But if you have an inquiry or you'd like to tell us how much you like the show, you can contact us on our email, nearpostradio at gmail.com. Uh, you can catch the podcast on iTunes as well as Halftime Heroes and the blog, nearpost.blogspot.com. Okay, uh, as usual, we have a show dedication. And uh, firstly, I'd like to give it to Jason Kalina, who made his long-awaited return to football after 22 months. Played a friendly against Western Sydney Wanderers uh, just today. Uh, they end up win- Sydney ended up winning one nil. It's a pretty solid result. Yeah, it's it's nice it's nice to see him back on track. Hopefully he can uh, help out Sydney in the A League now after that horrific result on the weekend. Yes, he's uh, much required by the looks of uh, their performance, particularly in that key sort of central defensive midfield role. There, I think uh, they'll certainly be none too none too quick before they can get him back on the field. But um, nice guy and seems to be uh, really good that he's willing to get back into it. Certainly, Sydney looked pretty weak without Del Piero on the weekend. Uh, I would have. I think their midfield runs a lot better with him there. I mean, he doesn't look as though he's ever going to lose the ball. And it's great possession for Sydney. But they kind of look lost for a lot of the time mm. on the weekend. Yeah, they're really struggling playing it out of the back as well, I think. Um, sort of Boscart's still injured and a few of the others not, not really stepping up to the plate um, in the centre of that defence. And then uh, I'm still just not convinced by much of their, or much of much of anything really, but uh, certainly without Del Piero, uh, a very, very worrying sight. And I'm not sure um, where Tony Cook's going to pull out the, uh, the rabbits from yeah. his hat. There, there were several comments that they were missing Several key defensive players, so the likes of Boshart, Adam Griffiths, Jason Cleaner, mm. who hadn't really played. I think Ryan Grant was out as well. But still, you, your second string defense shouldn't be playing that badly. Mm. They, they're, they're still, you have to have players who can fill in when you need them. They've been kind of relying on Emerton to play at the back, right back. And I think, you know, he's much better in midfield. And mm. uh, certainly with Del Piero in the middle and Emerton out on the right wing, it's a, a lot better attack, certainly makes it look a lot more powerful side. And certainly Sydney didn't look anything like as strong as they've been in past weeks. Mm. No, definitely not. Yeah, uh, just before we go, jump into the A-League, I'm just going to give, give a quick quick update on the Futsal World Cup. So, first game, uh, the Futsal Roos were absolutely walloped by Italy. I think it was 8-1 or something, something atrocious like that. However, they, they managed to salvage it uh, last night. They beat Mexico 3-1, uh, scoring three goals in the second half. So hopefully if they can get a win in the final game, I think it's against Argentina or some, something along those lines. Yeah, I was actually watching um, Capital Football's Russ Gibbs uh, commenting away on Facebook. Uh, he's over there with the Futsal Roos at the moment, and he uh, was suggesting that he was doing all he could not to just run onto the field and blow the ball into the goals because apparently they were huffing and puffing, but uh, just uh, couldn't get a few uh, between the sticks. So at least they managed to get one in the end, and you know, much better result than the first one. So at least they're heading in the right direction. I've only seen the first one, but the first one I actually thought they looked pretty solid for probably the first half of the first half. And um, they were playing the powerhouse. I mean, Italy was pretty good. Yeah. Hopefully they can get a win and uh, go through the knockout stage. But 
still making it to the World Cup, so pretty pretty decent achievement in futsal. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so we'll just head over to the weekend's results now. Uh, started off on Friday night with uh, the Wanderers getting their first home win against Melbourne Heart. Mm. It, it was a really nice effort from them. Yes, well, I've, uh, I've, I'm unashamedly jumped on the bandwagon of Western Sydney this season. I've decided they're the closest team to Canberra, so beggars can't be choosers. So I've, uh, we were up there for the derby um, in the second week. But um, I've got to say, the two players that really impress me, uh, obviously Aaron Moy has been talked about a lot. He really is just a powerhouse in, the, in that role that we're saying that, that Sydney FC are lacking, um, you know, really controlling the game from the centre of defence and pushing forward as well and really harassing people on and off the ball. But um, Hersey seems to be a real key for the Wanderers. Um, he had a bit of an off first half in this game. Uh, just seemed to be like a little bit off with the fairies, but um, he obviously had a bit of a talking to from the coach at half time and um, really pulled the finger out in the second half. And you could just notice the difference. I mean, the the way that they used that right hand side of the field and uh, some of the balls he put in just sort of set set them up for that whole second half. And they were just screaming after um, after he and Moy started really firing. So I'm I'm convinced. I'm thinking Western Sydney are going to be a real shot at the finals and. Looking forward to watching them live a bit more. Well, I certainly think they're going to be in consideration, but the thing that impressed me most about Western Sydney was the defence. I think their defence has been really strong this season. Yeah, it's definitely been their hallmark. Uh, Those two midfielders, Poliak as well, has also Mm. been really good at anchoring that midfield. Obviously, it has taken a a little bit of a time to find that attacking edge, but now now that they've started scoring, I think they'll, they'll find it pretty hard to stop. And it's a huge, um, in, it's really a feather in the cap of Popovich, um, the way he's brought the squad together in such a short time, the organisation in defence. And I think a lot of us were saying after watching Cressinger in the first week that maybe, you know, I mean, they've still got a bit of salary cap, but just find a young player, you know, find someone from the New South Wales Premier League, give him a shot. And we've seen with um, with Gibbs uh, coming into the lineup the last couple of weeks. Yeah. He's very hungry. Um, you know, he's more than held his own. And I think it's, um, I think that's the way they should be going, just sort of giving these guys a chance and not really exhausting the way budget, yeah. but, um, you know, really challenging some other teams with them. Finally, Mark Bridges getting on the score sheet a bit <laughs> yeah. after watching him, I don't know, miss every target that he's oh. been faced with, but certainly look, it looked a lot better seeing him get mm. the, the first two yeah. uh, goals for the, the organisation, and I think uh, best of luck to Western Sydney. Yeah. Interesting, I'm not sure if you guys have listened to this show before, but uh, I actually went to high school with Joe Gibbs. Oh, yeah. yeah so, uh, he, he missed a lot of uh, year 12. He, <laughs> he broke, I think, both his ankles oh, in really? the space of about four months, but yeah, it's, re- it's really good to see him come back. He played in a Belgium third tier for last year, and then he's come back and he's played really well with Manly United, and now he's, uh, hopefully he can make his mark on the A-League. Mm. Another good uh, good example of the A-League actually maybe even being a better pathway for some of the younger guys um, to get in the shop front window for um, national youth squads and other things rather than maybe toughing it out in some of the lower leagues in Europe. So, yeah, good on him. Yeah. Okay, uh, so we'll move on to the second game. and. As a Mariners fan, I just love this result. Seven-two uh, at home in front of a bumper crowd at Blue Tongue Stadium. It was it was a delight. Uh, what can I say? Uh, not the best start. Uh, pretty pretty uh, uncharacteristic uh, loss of possession, leading to a, a, ni- a very nice goal from Yari. I must admit, it was a pretty good chip to beat Matt Ryan. But oh, boy, did they come back in the in the rest of that half. It was just oh, I, I've never seen the Mariners play so well and. Oh, I'm really, really disappointed I couldn't be there live to see that happen. Yeah, well, a big shout-out to uh, Canberra's own Tom Rogic, of course, and I'd like to say friend of the Far Post. I've got this interview with him from when he was about 18 years old, and he won the uh, ACT Men's Player of the Year, and he's sort of a, a giggling teenager, and that was only a couple of years ago. Um, and since then, I mean, now he's almost on the verge of a Socceroos call-up, um, and it's a it, wonderful find. I mean, we all knew what he could do in Canberra, but the fact that Arnie, one of his camps, saw the same potential and then gave it a run um, just goes to show. I think that's been one of those key things the Mariners have lacked, that really penetrating... Um, 
um, attacking edge. And, you know, uh, players like Matt Simon going overseas, people were wondering uh, how they were going to plug that hole. But I think Rogic, you know, I mean, he's magic to watch and it'd be great to see another Canberran in the Socceroos line. Certainly a great focus for the team. And they, uh, another another one of those key players that they have in midfield that needs to be uh, used to to boost the attack, yeah. to launch the attack. The midfield's always been a really strong point of the Mariners. Like, so we've got the likes of Griffiths before he left, obviously. Bazanich and McGlinchey, they're both hmm. you know, on the verge of international slash international. Then Amini slash Rogic, like, as soon as, as soon as Amini started to tail off, Rogic was able to come in and start, you know, you know giving that sort of that extra dimension to the game. He's, he's a far better dribbler on the ball than Amini hmm. is, so I reckon he can go a lot further. Into Still like Amini. Yeah. Hmm. Still like Amini. But, um, yeah, I, I was actually really impressed with Danny McBreen. I... Spent most of last season saying they shouldn't re- renew his contract. He's too old. He doesn't <laughs> score enough goals. He can barely get a header on target. And he's supposedly a target man. But I was really, I've been really impressed with him since he's, uh, he, since he came on for that Perth game to score the equal, score the winner. And I'm just hoping that he can c- consistently provide for, the, for us. But I'm still, I'm still yet to see what I wanted out of Sajowski. I, I think from where where I was standing, I thought. When, when I saw him play against Perth, I thought he might have been better suited playing in behind McBreen, as, kind of like he did at Perth with Smelts. But look, Rogic is settled there now. This is whether Sajowski can make the wing his own now. Mm, as, yeah. as a non-fan of the Central Coast Mariners, <laughs> but also a non-fan of uh, Sajowski, uh, I can't understand what the great raps are on mm. him. I mean, he's never really come up with the goods for me. I've always found other people playing his position do a much better job. Uh, you're obviously a converted Central Coast supporter, but um, oh, I, I actually am from the Central Coast. I, I grew up there and oh, I moved down here. Worse. So, <laughs> so yeah, uh, look, I, I, I don't think I didn't think he was a great signing because we have the likes of Abini and Juke and Rogic who can really play like most of the positions that Sudovsky does. Hopefully, though, he will be able to you know contribute some way because he's a bit we're long paying, in the tooth. We're paying, now, him fair, yeah. we're paying him a fair amount of money, obviously. Mm. So hopefully, it's money well spent. And once again, you got to wonder. I mean, you put two kids under the salary cap from one of the state leagues, give them a chance, and I mean the sharpness of some of these kids. I'd be you know I'd be turfing out Brosk and a few others from the Socceroos and giving these guys a run. And um, there's got to be some better value for money out there. Yeah. I think. Well, um, Abini managed to score seven goals last year in his de- full debut A League season, and I think Mitchell Duke given some time. We'll mm. be able to do that, do a similar job. So I'm not really sure why we put put so much money on Sajowski when we're uh, pretty well renowned for bringing three players. Mm. But you know, hopefully he adds adds to our campaign. Central Coast got a reputation for using local juniors and mm. bringing through people from their local leagues, and I think you know that's obviously what the springboard of the club has been. Mm. So I'd like to continue, like them to continue doing that. Yeah. Now we'll just move on to the next result of the Saturday. Finally, Perth Glory got off the Sunday afternoon kickoff, but. They didn't. They didn't make a difference because they were able to beat Newcastle three two. It was a really good effort from Perth again. They've been so impressive so far this season, and Newcastle finally, you know, didn't have the goods to win the game. Yeah, I didn't catch much of this game to be honest, but it looked like um, from the highlights there's a pretty good crowd out in Perth, which is good to see they're getting back behind the team. And generally watching Perth this season, I mean, it goes to show that there is a role for experience when it's constructed well um, and, you know, it fits together in a, in, a, in a format and you're covering all the positions because, look, they are a physical team, but I think, you know, within that physical approach is skill, there's gamesmanship, there's experience, and they bring it all to the fore. So that's kind of almost the perfect antidote to Central Coast or one of the more youth-based teams. Like, I think there are a lot of good... Uh, senior players that are um, really giving the young guys a run for their money in Perth. And I think Perth will be up there again this year. Um, I think they've got great shape. Mm. I think uh, they're one of the few consistent sides in the league. And I think when you're talking about 
about the A-League the same way as we talk about the EPL or anything else, that uh, teams that do well when they're not playing well, mm. um, like that actually get a result when they're not playing very well. I think this was one of those games that was actually very, very close. Newcastle actually played quite well and mm. pressured them quite hard in the second half. Yeah, it, it's, uh, it, it was interesting to see when uh, they, they came to the Central Coast to play us that Perth were really, really difficult to break down. But you, st- you still, they have the likes of Josh Risden and Chris Howard coming into the lineup to just add that extra dimension to the team. So, like, I, I was a bit shocked at first when they started signing all these 30-year-old players and they started getting injured and it was like, well, I'm actually going to have a full, fully fit first 11 by the end of the season. But I'm, I'm pretty, pretty, pretty impressed with how Ian Ferguson has gone about his job. Mm. Yeah, no, Fergie's, um, Fergie was uh, on everyone's lips for the boot uh, about halfway through last year, but he's uh, managed to claw his way um, back into contention and now is probably, uh, I don't think anyone's questioning him based on the results. So. I'm possibly rekindling some Perth support over there, getting some mm. bigger crowds and uh, they're getting a new facility over there, which yeah. is fantastic. So uh, all, th- all systems go for Perth glory, I reckon. Yeah, the league's healthy when they're healthy, I think. Yeah, so that's good I to agree. See. Okay, uh, so we'll, we'll head on to this sun, Sunday's match now. Ah, yes. And Brisbane Raw, four, <laughs> two back-to-back losses, both to teams wearing, or at least partially red. Uh, Adelaide, Adelaide were very impressive in this game. I, I have to say, they've been so good so far this season. Uh, whether they can keep it up, I'm not so sure. But uh, Brisbane, I just, I just don't know what's going on. They, they look, were so impressive against the victory. I'm just lost it. Yeah, look, when Brisbane are on fire and they're scoring goals, it's like, you know, it's poetry, it's Barcelona, Craig Foster is jumping over himself with praise for the system but um, when they're not, it's kind of like watching Gary Kasparov knock all the other pieces off the board and then forget to checkmate you know, they're sort of, they're all over the field, they're still dominating possession but they're just, you know, they're carefully putting every piece in place and then you know, I think the confidence starts to wane that, after that, they're that rebuffed. Final, final pass yeah. it's, it's a classic Arsenal is like, is yeah, like to say. Exactly, That's absolutely exactly. Yep is, oh. is this an indictment of the coaching staff up at Brisbane Raw now? I mean, Postacoglu, oh, well, Postacoglu is not doing marvellously well at the victory, but uh, the fact that he's not there, are they, are they playing with the same purpose? It's roughly the same staff. Uh, why aren't they getting the same sort of mm. results? It could just be a psychological thing. I think uh, the main thing that Postacoglu brought to the Raw was just confidence that they could always get the result no mm. matter what was happening. And it's the same thing that Matt McKay brought to the team. Now, he left... Halfway through last season, didn't you, or towards at the start? So I think maybe you're starting to see like that loss of leadership from the coach slash former captain taking effect. No one's really stepping up. Maybe that's a good point because the one game that they actually did find that spark was you could almost argue that Ange was still the motivator when he was on the opposite bench and they wanted to prove something against him. So it might be that uh, I mean. Uh, Vitisic, he's obviously uh, a keen tactician and the I think the fitness and training conditioning staff and all left in place up in Brisbane, but whether it's that mental edge that he as that sort of leader was pro- provoking from them. It's, um, it's something you could say about uh, German, the German national team. Like, obviously, they had Klinsmann and Löw, and then once Klinsmann left, obviously, the football was still good, but you know, they're, they're, they're not Germany, shall we say. Mm. They're, they're, they're not good under pressure situations. They just they produce really good football, but they just can't get it when they really need to. Well, I'd just be distracted by Jürgi Löw's fashions. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's enough to the take everyone's eyes off the field. Yeah. Is um, this maybe also just something that sort of indicates just how close the competition is this year? I mean, um, just about every game is competitive. I haven't seen any mm. situations where, where sides are easy beats and um, it's just a great situation to see that. It's great to know that you know you're not going to know who's going to win the game every week. It's absolutely fantastic. Um, mm. And we'll close out. It was, a, it was an interesting clash. It was a Monday night game between uh, Melbourne Victory and the Phoenix. But 
Ah, the victory were pretty good until like the last 10 minutes, but you know, still came out with a 3-2 win, which is nice and impressive. Rojas scored a double, Rocky scored a double, Ricky Herbert will be really happy about that, probably... Tricky Rocky, yeah. yeah. No, I think look, Melbourne, they're kind of the opposite of Brisbane in a way, but they're kind of like a bank of howitzers with nothing grounding them, like they've got this huge attacking array of options with Rojas and Thompson and people coming out it's, of their it's, eyeballs. It's, it's but... a lot of the same problem they had last season. Yeah, but, but there's no defensive yeah. foundation. I mean, you look at guys like Leia trying to pass the ball out from the back and you can tell what instructions they've been given, but it's just not the personnel just aren't on the field. And you know, Andrew's stuck with the players he's got for the moment because of the contract and the salary cap. But I think the first players we're going to see turfed out are the ones at the back of the field. And just imagine what they'd be capable of if they had those ball playing back. Totally agree. And I think this is kind of maybe the key to how successful sides are going to be. It's going to end up being how good their defenses are. And uh, we've seen some defensive blues, uh, some. Absolute terrible Absolute mistakes, let's, let's um, and you know it's not not a great advertisement for um, the teams if their defenses can't keep out goals every week and they're just mm. leaking like. That, that makes me feel so good about the Mariners because we're just <laughs> you, you know you know when you sign start your fantasy daily team if you get a, at least one Mariners defender he's going to score consistently for you. So well, I, they have to when the strikers aren't yeah, producing. Yeah, I, I do have I do have Ryan and. Rose and Sainsbury in my fantasy team. Hmm? Admittedly, I was really disappointed I didn't have Rogic on for that week. Mm. But look, uh, the defence has always been a hallmark of the Mariners. And so hopefully that'll get us towards the playoffs mm. again this year. But we'll see how it goes, I guess. But yeah, it was, it was a very, uh, very interesting game from the victory in the Phoenix. I, I can't believe they considered two late goals. But Bro- Jeremy Brocky, that was a wonderful finish. It was a nice little counter-attack. Beautiful pass from Benjamin Tatori on the outside of his right foot, but oh, mm. that was a, that was a really lovely finish. He's he played really well last season for Newcastle, and he's just come into his own even further this, now at Wellington. Uh, whether Hoysigams is giving him a few tips on how to score, <laughs> I'm not really sure. But look, Wellington has got the biggest untapped market in the league, apart from maybe Western Sydney. So. Them playing well is really good for the publicity. Mm, mm. Oh, absolutely! Look what what Ricky's been able to do with you know different situations where he's had you know half of a squad a week before you mm. know, the start of the season last year or whatever it was, and the constant financial turmoil. I and think not to mention the international selection oh, as well. Absolutely, which is a it's a double edged sword. They get yeah. some benefits from it, but of course they're just decimated when the um the FFA won't give them the the week off, which they don't for yeah. any teams. Um, so <laughs> interesting you know, point that um Andrew Durante can actually be eligible for New Zealand. Mm. Representation by yeah. March next year, I think it is. So. And also, interestingly, apparently um, Adama Traore uh, will be eligible for Australian selection in a year or two, and Ange Postacoglu yeah. has nominated well, him as the solution saying, to the left-back problems. John Cosmina's also put forward Cassio, because he's now an uh, Australian citizen as well. Mm. But, well, they've been relying on him at, in Adelaide yeah. for a long time So you've you got the likes of Cassio, Josh Rose, Bay Hitch, perhaps Traore. I don't really see why we have to play Matt McKay at left-back, but mm. that's, that's, a, that's a whole other kettle of fish. Um, so we'll just uh, quickly go over to the W League. Yes. This uh, is exciting, actually. Yeah. yeah. So I'm, I can't say I watched any of the games. So I'll, I'll, I'll apologise right there. But Melbourne Victory got a 1-0 win over Newcastle, which is, I guess, good for them. Uh, well, I saw that game, and I can tell you that uh, Newcastle's going to really struggle for the rest of the season. I think um, Victory's not a great team, but I think they're certainly showing some... They've got an American import who's very good. Uh, the team seems to work very well defensively, and they certainly shut the shut the Newcastle Jets out. Uh, certainly uh, the victory had a few other opportunities as well. Mm. Interesting to see the victory lineup. I'm just looking through it. Um, no Jody Taylor this year, so um, that that's somewhat of a loss for them up front, but they obviously have managed to plug that gap and still 
scoring yeah. goals. Yeah. Um, no, and also, of course, no Lisa Devanna on the Newcastle side, so she uh, would have been a fair bit of the, uh, at least the passion on the field for Newcastle, if not the uh, yeah. the rest. But um, okay. uh, Western Sydney Wanderers women's team goes from strength to strength, you know, and they won 2-0 against Perth Glory. Admittedly, Perth's women's team, as far as I'm aware, has been woeful since the start of the W League, but... Wins are wins. Yeah, well, look, um, I think uh, Sarah Walsh is very lucky on this front because I remember listening to uh, an interview with her just before the Adelaide game in uh, round one. She was very cocky about that one, sort of uh, wrote Adelaide off and then they went on to lose to them. So, look, with the quality of players in Western Sydney, I think they've poached a lot of the good talent from Sydney FC and other places. So it's just a matter of time before that comes together. It's a classic split of the resources, I think. I think the new South, the Sydney FC side from last year, which was actually a contender for the title, I think uh, now finds itself in two different centres, mm. and it's kind of neutralised a lot of the um, a lot of the strength from both sides. But also, it's given some opportunities some younger players. Mm. Yeah, and sides. I mean, it's look the league this year. I think from what I've seen, a lot more uh, competitive across the field. We're not seeing the six nils, and even with teams like Perth, you've still got Collett McCallum uh, in their lineup, Mariana Tabane. Uh, you know, Kate Gill, a couple of big names. So I don't think any team's going to get rolled this year. Okay. Hmm. Uh, so I'll move on to uh, the other Sydney team. And they, they got a 3-1 win over Brisbane Rural, which is a pretty impressive result. Well, this one's always going to be interesting. And, of course, Elise Perry, um, they've been a bit more lenient with her and allowing her to do her cricket stuff over there. Um, but, um, yeah, look, I think those two teams are going to be in the finals again this year. And um, so that's maybe an early indicator as to how it'll go. Yeah, um, and then the final game of the weekend, Canberra United, our own Canberra United, got a 3-1 win over Adelaide uh, McKellar. The Cellar Sow of Sutton, the uh, Azuria Veranda, the Canberra United, uh, they're, they're on the way to the title, I'll tell you that. Like, it was very impressive, you know, like, uh, they, they just dominated them. I think um, Jen Bissett, uh, both of the Sykes twins, very, very impressive. Um, even without Sally Shippard, they were just in control in the midfield. It was just the finishing that was letting them down. And then when they got a bit of tall timber up forward for some uh, set pieces, that, that was the goal. And uh, look, Adelaide a lot better this year. Um, Quigley scored a great cracking um, shot from a free kick and um, it was an entertaining game to watch. But Canberra, the way they use the wings, the triangles, the one-twos, you know, I don't see anyone matching them. They're just so well coached. I'd have to agree with that. I think they've been looking the same side as won the title last year and uh, certainly great force. It's good to see Michelle Heyman still playing uh, and I want to see... Want to see it get on the score sheet, mm. I guess, this season. I'm going to put forward a question. How do you reckon they'll go in the Women's Club World Cup in what, later, later this month, I believe it is, isn't it? They'll be competitive. I don't know. I'd, I'll defer here. But um, a lot of the players you see going and playing in those competitions overseas in the US and uh, America, I mean, they're Australian W League players that are shining. So if this is our best W League team. I think they've got a great chance to yeah. actually put a, a mark on the world stage, and yeah. it would be great for Great for Canberra and great for the W League. Okay, uh, so we'll head to the next week of uh, A League fixtures now. Uh, kicking us off, we've got Melbourne Heart hosting Brisbane Roar. So two teams that started the season well, but have kind of tailed off a little bit now. Uh, it's it's going to be interesting to see how this one pans out. Alois is probably starting to feel the feel the pressure a little bit. Don't see any massive goal tallies in this game. I think there'll be a lot of poking and jabbing around and, you know, just like watching a 20-round fight, just sort of wishing that someone would just stick the fist in and score a goal. But um, I, I don't think this is going to be the most glamour fixture of the weekend. No, I, I actually think, though, that Melbourne Heart at home might be a good side to have your money on because it's kind of one of those it's one of those sides that, that actually lifts on its own ground. And um, I think Brisbane will find it hard there. Uh, yeah, Amy Park is a great football stadium. It's nice, nice and just small enough to Perfect. fit the fans, but not big yeah, enough so it's wonderful. Feels cavernous. Mm. Okay, um, I'm probably going to go with Melbourne Heart there as well. I think you know, they've still got the the better edge. I feel. Um, 
whether or not Vince Grillo might be in line to play for that game as well, mm. which will be interesting to see. Yeah. Uh, so we'll go to Saturday now. It's so Western Sydney Wanderers hosting Newcastle Jets. I'm on the Wanderers. It's going to be good. I think um, you know they're just they're too organised. They've hit the roll now. Oh, you reckon absolutely. They're just going to storm to the title. Absolutely. You know they'll be in the Champions League playing against World Club Challenge against Liverpool two years, hundred percent. No, I actually reckon they'll they'll do well in this game. It'll be one nil. No. <laughs> Newcastle's been really impressive so far. Obviously, the defence has been a little bit shaky at times, mm. but I really think Heskey's been a massive massive uh, improvement to their side. And the likes of Vigili and Goodwin on the wings have just been so impressive, just opening up defences. Mm. So I reckon it's going to be interesting. This will really put Wanderers' defence to the test. Mm, I think it'll be a good one to watch. I certainly think both sides have got great attacking chances. If Well, if Mark Ridge continues to score, <laughs> obviously. And I think or if Moy can off, actually yeah. do some more of those killer passes, yeah. I think it'll be an interesting game to watch. Yep. Yeah, uh, so we'll head to the Big Blue, as we as we like to call it occasionally. Uh, uh, Sydney FC are hosting Melbourne Victory. so Possibly not so big a blue. No, so, no. Uh, um, well, it could, be, it could be a bit depressing for mm. whichever team uh, decides to not show up on the day. Hopefully, uh, Del Piero will be back for this game. And we'll get a decent following for the game. Uh, I'm not. I wonder how much the crowd will drop off now that they are. Oh, I think you'll get your Juve fans who'll turn up to watch Del Piero. Mm. You know, rain or shine. You'll get like Sydney fans are fickle and they come for big name players. I think they'll still turn up for a few more weeks. But I think yeah. they'll they'll continue to turn up. I think yeah. it's been a great deal of energy from Sydney crowd. Um, they love to turn up to watch a good game. Mm. And, uh, the Cove's certainly a big factor in a lot of these games. Yeah. Um, Flores versus Del Piero, that's, that's really going to be interesting. Because Flores has actually started to come, come into his uh, prior form, uh, shall we say, for Adelaide United. And mm. when, when he's at his best, he is almost unplayable. You mm. have to, you have to mm. say that about him. He's such an exciting player. Um, so we'd go to the, uh, across, across the ditch now. It's Wellington uh, hosting my beloved Central Coast Mariners. This is, this is a really difficult game. It's always so hard to go over to Wellington for any team to get a result. So... I'm really, I'm really going to give the uh, the favour to Wellington here. I reckon it's probably going to be a one 0 win or maybe one 0 draw. Yeah, two thirty on a Sunday afternoon. That'll be nap time for me. I think um, Wellington. Look, it's one of the only home advantages in the league, but I can't see it being particularly entertaining. Um, I think Central Coast will break them down pretty effectively, but you know, someone might sneak a goal. Who knows? I don't know. I reckon Paul Eiffel might be a might be a factor for Wellington. I yeah. think he's been the guy that's come up with the goods in Wellington. Eiffel, Hoysigams and Fenton have been really impressive so far this season. It's just whether they can... Well, when you can in likes of Leo Bertos and Jeremy Brockie as well, their first string is really strong. It's just a matter of them having them on the field all the time. I think they're due for a win. Yeah. So I, I, I reckon Wellington will, will take this one, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> and then closing out the weekend again, Perth Glory are travelling to Adelaide. So it's it's really like two form teams of the competition, you could almost say. And yeah, I'm not I'm not really sure how this one's going to pan out. I think Adelaide do have a bit of an edge with their home fans, but Sundays are never really big for Adelaide fans. It's usually Friday night high marches, pumping mm. atmospheres, that sort of thing. So oh, I reckon, I reckon it's going to be a, a, a fairly a fairly hot, toughly contested draw between the two sides, mm. I would say. Well, I think, yeah, you're going to get what people would probably view as the stereotype of Australian football, just two big, powerful teams, you know, athleticism and all the rest. Probably not all the greatest technicality, but, um, you know, some reasonable football, hopefully. Very direct. Um, and who knows what will come of it. I, I don't think Adelaide will be as good at Hindmarsh as, say, Perth would have been in their, on their home ground. I think it's Adelaide's kind of not as big a bigger venue and I think Perth Glory will probably uh, turn up with the goods again because I actually think Perth is going to be one of the finals contenders. 
Yeah, uh, it's, it's definitely going to be a really good game. Uh, hopefully, we can uh, see Shane Smeltz starting to find the back of the net. He's mm. been pretty average since he started the season. First round, he was woeful. Missed some absolute scissors. It's We really want to see strikers scoring goals in this competition, though. Oh, one can only hope maybe the facial reconstruction after last year did him uh, no good. Yeah, but um, Just got him he'll... slightly off balance, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, that's all we have time for today. Thanks for coming in, guys. And if you go into the near post, get there first. Near post, get there first. The near post, get there first. Don't get there second, don't get there third. The near post, get there first. If it's for football news that you thirst. The near post, get there, get there first.